Welcome to Amelia Baptist Podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back to the round tables uh, today. Adam is not here with us uh, because he has some exciting things that happened today. What was that exciting thing that happened, Dylan? He had a son. So, born con- yes, today. Yes, born today. So, congratulations to the Page family. Um, but this has given us a good opportunity to have Pastor Neil uh, jump in here. He hasn't been on for the last few, but we're glad to have him back. And um, so there's been some rumors going around uh, that I've heard that you are retired. And uh, so I'm just wondering how uh, golf and, you know, fishing and hanging out with your kids is going now that you are no longer working here oh man i tell you listen it's worse than just hearing hearing that i retired <laughs> or that i resigned i got a phone call today from someone mm-hmm. out of state and they had received a text from someone within our state that wanted to know how we were doing and uh pam and i so um said well why said, well we understand that the church let them go in other words, like a forced retirement or it's resignation. Good. It's a good thing we're nice and ask you back for this roundtable. I know. Yeah. Isn't that right? <laughs> so anyway, so this person who I was talking to knew that that wasn't the case. So I took the time to send to him the article that the Florida Baptist Witness wrote uh, about our successful transition here. And of course the transition is always in transition. Yeah. So, um, it, uh, hopefully that put to rest this person's concern about what state of mind Pam and I are in. I think you have a, a, a uh, favorite Mark Twain quote there. Yeah. Uh, that kind of relates to the situation. Yeah. Let's see. And listen, this actually was a misquote. Mark Twain didn't exactly say this. Okay. Uh, it said, my, uh, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. And really what happened was Mark Twain was in the hospital and a reporter was asking, are you near death? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that type of thing. Well, I think that quote could apply to our situation here at Amelia, uh, that the resorts of my resignation and retirement have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. So, so it's, um, you know, as we think about this, it's understandable that people would, uh, jump to this conclusion. If you look at the traditional way churches go about a transition, when we talk about transition, uh, oftentimes the ministers like I'm ready to retire here. Uh, he hands it over to the, uh, search committee and he leaves. You don't see him. He doesn't show up on Sunday morning at church. He disappears that's right um there and so that's the the mental image a lot of people probably have about transition so i think uh we want to we want to dispel this rumor yeah and then we want to also kind of cast a vision of what um you we were talking today Uh, it's been about a year since uh this officially has all started to transition and it's still in that process and we kind of want to recap this last year how it's going, what it actually looks like, um, and, and, and then ask you some questions of your perspective of um, 
what has it been like to transition after 30 something years, but still remain actively involved in Amelia Baptist Church? Well, one reason we are doing this uh, is um, that we want people to hear from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the old telephone game where uh, one person at the beginning of the line gives whispers a message. And then the second person does it to the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And then by the time you get to the end of the line, then the last person tells the whole group what the message was. And most of the time, the message is not the same message that was original. And so I believe that that's what's happened here. I don't think there's any uh, malcontent uh, concerning no. this. No. It's just that we're here to um, help, hopefully, to give a positive and encouraging word, uh, not only to people who uh, are part of our church, if they misunderstand, mm -hmm. but also uh, the community at large. Yeah. So um, in, in discussion, in preparing for this, uh, you ran across an article um, entitled Six Things to Do During a Pastoral Transition. Um, and, the, you know, the, the gist of this article was based on after a pastor has already left, what the church should be doing um, after the pastor has left in that transition to That's keep right. the church. Because, uh, you know, it talks about that. Um, in the normal pastoral transition, uh, the average amount of time it takes for the church to call a new pastor can basically crush the momentum of the church. That's there. right. It really can hurt the spirit of the church. Uh, some of the things that happen uh, under these conditions is a lack of vision, mm -hmm. a lack of a loss of moment, uh, momentum, a decrease in membership. Lack of small group participation, decrease in giving, and a decline in volunteers. And all this is because there's a vacancy of leadership. And not only does this happen when the pastor leaves, it can happen if the lay leaders um, do not uh, manage the transition well. And so this article was a, trying to an encouragement for those laymen who find themselves in this a situation without a pastor. How can they navigate these waters between uh, pastors? And as I was going through this article, which I found very encouraging and that I would encourage other uh, churches to use, is that we actually saw that we did these very same things without a resignation without a retirement, but just seeking to transition into um, uh, what the Lord wanted to happen in this church. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there, here are some things. Number one, continue your ministry, make a plan, clarify roles, over-communicate, be patient, and follow Jesus' lead. And I could see that's exactly what we did. Yeah, and you know when we talk about uh, uh, lay leadership in the church, uh, a lot of times in this article, I think it's probably specifically talking about the you know search committee and such like that. Since there was not a search committee and the need for that, our lay leadership was our elder council. That's right. Uh, they were the ones that helped uh, this transition. And it was something that uh, nobody, as I understand, nobody came in and asked you to leave or said, it's, you know, you're going to old here, older, <laughs> and we need you to step down and, and let somebody younger take the direction of the church. That wasn't what happened here. So um, a lot of people I've seen the last year 
but it was years in the making this transition. So can you give us some like background on, on what God laid on your heart uh, that caused you to approach the elders and say, there needs to be a transition at some point in time? Because, I mean, as much as we don't like to admit it, there comes a point in time where God's going to take us home. And, right. you know, we're not going to be here forever. And so uh, I think a lot of times we get stuck in the moment and don't look to the future. That's there. right. Well, you know, <clears throat> what happens to many pastors also happens even in the secular world that a pastor may actually experience a lot of joy and success in their ministry. And uh, through the years, if not decades, like we've been able to be here for uh, now uh, going into 32, um, you want to hang on to that joy and, and you and you're tempted to measure your possible future ministry by what you've done in the past, but you forget to look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And so the scripture tells us in Psalm 90, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And for some time now, I, um, I just knew in my own heart that I needed to be honest with myself about how do you want to finish well in ministry as a whole or in my life as a whole. And so that is one of the things that uh, really prompted me to take the initiative. And this is really important for those who may be new uh, listening and watching this, is that I took the initiative in this whole transitional um, uh, leadership of the Lord in this church. And uh, it was with uh, no fear whatsoever, because I knew this is ex- this is what God wanted. We just didn't know what would take place, how it would take place, and uh, how long it would take for this transition uh, to take place. So um, anyway, that's, uh, you know, that's the, the impetus mm-hmm. of this, is that we're all going to be, um, the Lord's going to take us home. We're going to time out. Right so to speak. Right. Uh, and that's good news for the believer. It's just a question of what did we leave behind, mm-hmm. whether in our own personal lives and our family or as church leaders in the body of believers. Yes. And in, in continuing that legacy, um, I think it's a, legacy is a good way to, to put it. Right. The legacy of Amelia Baptist. Um, understanding that the ministry, if if it's done correctly, uh, transcends any of, any of us. It's God's ministry here. He's at work here, and it doesn't start or stop with one person. And um, you know, God has blessed us here with uh, another pastor, Adam, that came eight years ago, and um, and really, uh, I think you've told me you view as a, a co-pastor here. Um, in, instead of this, you know, senior pastor, associate pastor kind of label, um, we've done other uh, podcasts or and roundtables about this uh, co-pastoring, and so I'm not going to hit that hard uh, here. Just but want to bring that up and say I think a, a misconception that has come out of all this is that you've cut way back on the amount of time you spend here at the church ministering, being a part of the congregation, um, you know, shepherding. And, and that's not true. Explain a little bit of that transition and then what your current 
uh, job and position looks like as a co-minister, as a co-pastor with Adam and then with our elder council here for Amelia Baptist Church. Right. And we were able over... I guess the last six months of this planning to finally come up with the uh, co-pastoring mm-hmm. um, scenario. And that was really the big transition because I had been the only pastor uh, since the very founding of the church. So as I was approaching uh, 70, I began to ask the Lord, what is my greatest benefit to his kingdom and to the church? And, um, and, and that was in two areas specifically. Uh, number one, uh, there are a number of people in our church who are now in their late 70s and, and 80s who were foundational in building this church that God used. Yes, this is God's church. Christ built it, and uh, He is the rock upon which it's built. But our present ministry stands on the shoulders of many of these men and women who have served faithfully over these uh, two and three decades. So I've seen this in other churches that um, these men and women who help to build a healthy church, sometimes because they're not able to be there because they can't serve like they once did, they're forgotten. Mm -hmm. And they're in their homes. And these have become some of my friends. I don't mean to just make this real personal, but it really was personal to me. They were some of my leaders to help me when I was in my 30s and 40s. And so now as their pastor, I want to make sure that they are honored for the rest of their days that they are here. And part of that was putting in a also a system of pastoral care, not only to those who are presently in their 80s, but what's going to last longer than me being here. Right. One day I'm going to be in my 80s right. and one day I won't be here and other people will be in their 80s. So we have been uh, developing and I'm even meeting tonight with uh, uh, we call it a think tank for our ministers of mercy. And that is how can we create a ministry system that will outlast this present generation to make sure that pastoral ministry and care continue on a lot of different levels. And so that is, that's actually pretty exciting. And I've got a group of laymen and laywomen who are dreaming along with us what that is going to look like. Mm -hmm. Um, The other uh, thing that has gotten off the ground, I've been doing several months is um, I've been discipling some younger men who God may use in the future uh, in leadership, but it's not simply about leadership. It's about a godly life. We are looking at characteristics of what a real disciple is. And the very first thing is a repentant life. We, we don't just come to Jesus in repentance. We live a repentant life. We live a confessional life. And so for um, nearly 40 days, we have been uh, going through a devotion that our elders actually wrote here. Mm -hmm. And it is about um, living humbly before our God, living in communion with other believers and in the church and things of that nature. And uh, I hope that I can do this on an ongoing basis with a number of men in our church so that when the Lord does call me home and Adam 
remains one of the pastors here, that he's going to have a force of laymen, laymen who are pastoral in their hearts, mm-hmm. who live a godly life, and who are trained for leadership in the future. Mm-hmm. So that is a, just a great joy to be able to be a part of that. Uh, the old imagery is to plant a tree under which you will not enjoy the shade. Right. Someone else later on is going to enjoy the shade of that leadership. Right. Yeah, and I think this goes back to those, uh, again, those roundtables we did about elders and the importance of having a plurality of leadership, a plurality of pastors, shepherds, uh, shepherding a a congregation, and the idea that it's not on one person to do everything. And so the fact that you are no longer the main teaching pastor does not mean that you're not still a co-pastor here at Amelia Baptist Church. Yeah, going You've back changed to, <laughs> roles, but you're still a pastor. Going back so. to your question about, oh, taking a little bit more time and things of that nature, I had the funniest conversation uh, in the as we were beginning this transition of the things that I wanted to, that I felt like the church wanted me to do, and that was more pastoral care, developing a system, deciding younger men and I was telling uh, this uh, this group in our discovery class and one of them is an accountant mm-hmm. he was he was accounting what my vision was and he started saying uh, Neil you don't need less time to do that you actually need more time, more time. <laughs> to do that so there hasn't been a lessing of of, of hours mm-hmm. but there has been a dramatic change in focus and responsibilities so that adam can take more of the preaching and teaching time and mm-hmm. it's really been a great uh transitional yes. uh coordination on our parts so talking about backing up at the beginning when this was all happening um what are some of the um important topics that you uh went through either your mind or that you uh wrestled with with the elder council that um you wanted to see happen during the transition here yeah uh it was a two-year conversation so i went to just one of my elders to kind of verbalize what I was thinking Mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, when you first begin to discuss what's on your heart, it doesn't always come out in a clear manner. It's through discussing things that, that adds clarity to me. And so this, uh, one elder that, uh, I talked with for several months and then we accumulated and got the other elders, uh, in, uh, on the conversation, it was, about finishing strongly, mm-hmm. but that didn't include, or that didn't uh, just, it wasn't about me finishing well. It was about what you said, the legacy of leadership in the church. It's after someone has passed away that their most important ministry can actually be seen. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking in terms of generation. So this, uh, this elder I was talking to, uh, he saw that and he voiced that. Um, another thing that we discussed was very important. I was asked by this elder, do you see Adam Page as the future preaching pastor of the church? 
And without reservation, I said, absolutely, I do. And he said, I see that as well. And by the time we took it to the elders, they all felt the very same thing. Mm. And so we were all in agreement, as long as God is leading Adam to be here, to be that guy in the pulpit. Another thing that we looked at was uh, running the race together. Uh, unfortunately, when we think about transitions, we think about uh, a, um, a baton that is handed off on one, from one runner to another. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I remember being in uh, a mile relay race. So I would run one quarter, I'd hand the baton, and then four of us would run the mile. We also did that on the 440 relay. Right. And so you've only got like 10 yards to hand off the baton. And so the imagery is that one person's running, you hand it off, then one person's running, then you hand it off, one person's running. That really was not part of the vision that uh, God was uh, preparing us for. And that is that the real transition wasn't from one pastor to another. It was moving from a lead pastor mentality that's in most Baptist churches to co-pastoring with different responsibilities. And now we run together along with our lay elders and we as a group uh, that we see in the Bible um, because we we compensate for each other's weaknesses. We have different gifts. We have different um, uh, spheres of influence. Right. And it's been the most healthy thing that we've done in the church. Yeah. So I guess to recap on all of this, uh, you know, we have a diverse group of listeners here, some pastors, uh, some who might be looking ahead in the coming years mm -hmm. uh, and trying to navigate transition through there, after one year uh, of seeing this played out, what would, what's your biggest takeaway uh, or the biggest lesson you've learned that you would pass on to other pastors that are considering a transition or this mutually running together, uh, finishing strong? You know, I know you talked about John Piper really influencing you on this idea of finishing strong, the legacy that you leave That's behind. That's right. Don't waste your life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, Dylan, on one hand, we have to uh, know that God leads uh, pastors differently. Um, I believe that this is God's plan for us. I believe it's a healthy plan for many churches. Mm -hmm. uh, there are some men who they're, they're at a point of ministry where they are close to burnout and they can't think in terms right. of this. And I feel for those guys. Um, and then laymen have never seen it done. And so they don't have, uh, they're not oriented to think this way. And so we need to uh, be in prayer for those churches where there may be just a pastor. And then I would encourage those um, uh, laymen who are going to be part of the transition to take these six principles and then they start looking toward the future for their next pastor to help him to come alongside of and to mentor other men for the next generation. So mm -hmm. it may be a little late for those who are in their 60s or their 70s to be able to do what we did here. But it's not too late for the church long term. 
to start. That's right. So keep your ministry going, even if you know there's going to be a transition. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the, the idea of taking your time, we took our time. We didn't rush any of these things. And we leaned in on God's principles during this whole time. So I just want to uh, be of encouragement uh, to others uh, who may be looking toward finishing well, that if they have time to mentor, if there is a budget and the lay people are, um, uh, they can be educated to know this is healthy for them for to, to move in that direction. Uh, but if not, for laymen to be thinking about the future and how they can help their next pastor prepare for an easy transition, uh, hopefully in the next 20 or 30 years for that pastor right. so that he doesn't, he doesn't last the average six years. Yes. Yes. So we've anyway, been really thanks, with Dylan. That and, you know, I wish I could have asked you some questions because you're on staff with us. You came in right about while we were just, we're still in the pandemic and mm-hmm. we were already in transition. So I'm actually going to turn the table right now <laughs> and just ask you a final question from, from someone who saw this up close and personal. Uh, what was your take and how could you encourage other people after seeing this over a year? Yeah, I think um, I, I would say that often I think the perspective is that uh, you can't have two pastors in the same building um, and there not be tension. And while there has been adjustments, I know, to the new uh, roles that you and Adam have had from my perspective, being on staff and also being a member here. Um, it's been a, a very smooth uh, transition and, and, and a time of encouragement for each of you together and for the staff here as we've watched this being walked out. And I, and I am encouraged to see what God has in store for us here, you know, um, knowing that God still has you here in ministry and Adam here and that there's no time limit on how long that is. Um, is exciting to me and knowing that we're going to continue forward together uh, running the race finishing strong um, and and seeking to uh, mentor and disciple those that God brings to Amelia Baptist Church here so well that's a great perspective and I'm glad that from your point of view as a young man and being new to the staff uh, you see the benefits from a staff point of view if it's done well and you're transparent mm-hmm. and everybody uh, on staff have a deep love and affection for each other. Right. And we're not afraid of the future right. because God holds it in his hands. Amen. All right, Pastor Neil, thank you for uh, joining us. We always love when you pop on here to the round tables and thanks everybody for joining us here. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, hit that subscribe button. We're on all of the social media platforms, uh, podcast platforms there. Uh, so jump on, uh, comment below, give us uh, your thoughts and perspectives on this podcast and any ideas for future podcasts. Hope you have a great couple weeks here and we'll see you in the future. Thanks, Dylan. All right. All right.